We have with us Zach LeBac. Hello, Dean. Hello. What's up, Zach LeBac? <laughs> you calling me LeBac? What is yeah. that? What does that mean? What am I? I do not. Uh, well, you know what? That's French. Oh, okay. Pac. Mm. I think. No, it's not French. It's English. Uh, Pac. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't matter. I, it comes from from uh, douchebag, and I translated into douchebag, <laughs> and I, then I, I use the word LeBac. So Zach look back. <laughs> I accept up. those terms. I accept that. Zach name. is uh, the, our in-house expert from a distillery, and he knows all about spirits and alcohols. Not not the ghost spirits. I'm talking about spirits that will fuck you up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Introduce yourself, Zach look back. Uh, my name's Zach, and uh, I've been living in Dallas for I guess maybe five years or so. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I met Dean through, uh, through, uh, um, uh, some, I don't know how, how much detail we go into on these things, but, um, met him, met him through mutual friends, mutual friends that involve our SOs. All right. Now, Zach is serving us uh, some of his homebrew vodka and it is 1.20 PM. I'm going to try to serve I'm going to try to go heavy on the... We're doing strawberry lemonade and vodka. I've never tried this before, but I'm guessing like one-third vodka, maybe two-thirds strawberry lemonade. Maybe that's it. Usually want some kind of sugary thing, vodka. Usually there's... You make you get enough sugar and you can overpower almost any alcohol. All right. So, <laughs> and this is the... Uh, should we name the, the, the vodka or keep it a secret? No, we can just keep it a secret. All right, so it's a mysterious bottle of vodka yeah, yeah. with uh, with the label, uh, a mysterious it? label. And <laughs> okay, here you go. Let's take it. Take take a sip. So you usually want some sugar to overpower some like vodka, but you can also oh, do. This is smooth, <laughs> jazzy smooth midnight troll. <laughs> Thanks, man. You're welcome. There's a this few. This is good. Mm-hmm. There's a few other flavors that you can use to overpower. Vodka, I think we found so pickle can overpower it too. Anyways, so enlighten us on the making of these spirits. It was always a mystery to me making wine, making beer, (laughs) and most the big ones like how to make (laughs) liquor and stuff. So I've just been uh, is your operation like a small thing or is it like a a legit full fledged um, company that we're keeping a secret? I think it's decently sized, I think it's moderately sized at this point. But um, I've just been on the vodka and the whiskey side, so it's kind of funny where it's like. I've never been a bartender, but I know how to actually get, I don't know, get the stuff <laughs> ready for the bartender. Um, so, I mean, there's, um, for at least what we do, the whiskey side is more fun to talk about. So we're going to talk about the, the whiskey or focus on that. Yeah, <laughs> we, you, what vodka. do you guys make? That's what I'm saying. I make What's vodka the... and whiskey, but um, the whiskey is more fun to talk about. So um, it starts with a brew, kind of like beer, um, where you're just trying to get the um, starches and the grain, um, try to trick them into becoming uh, fermentable sugars. So it's just like a partial germination of the seeds or whatever. So they the starches get released as, you know, smaller sugars or whatever. And uh, then you do a fermentation uh, where you take those fermentable sugars. Yeast will eat it. It'll produce heat. It'll poop out CO2, I believe. I think it's CO2. And anyways, um, and um, then it'll produce alcohol. That's, that's what you want. You turn the sugar into alcohol. And then, then you do a distillation. And that's where the alcohol can actually get super concentrated. 
Um, and um, from there, uh, 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 on the whiskey side, you, you put it into a barrel, and then you got to let it sit for a while. <laughs> and um, and that's um, that's the short version, I guess. Set it. <laughs> so so you so you can make this shit at home by yourself. Um, you, you can, but um, there's. So how there's... can I make my own crap? Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to get a still. At the very least, you got to get a still. What's a still? Um, I mean, you're throwing this technical okay. crap at so, me. What the fuck is a still? Um, so <laughs> is I, it a still picture? <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's it's basically like a, a usually it's a, a pot still. Um, so there. Um, in the old days, I guess you'd have um some kind of fire, and on top of that, there'd be this metal encasing where you could um put the um put the alcohol water mixture into. Um, so with, like with beer, they'll just, um, they'll, they'll brew it and, uh, ferment it or whatever, but they won't, uh, they won't do a distillation because the concentration of alcohol is low enough that it's, it's, it's where they want it to be usually already. Um, but with, with, um, with, um, uh, other things like vodka or, um, whiskey, um, we want to concentrate the alcohol further. We want to increase the proof for the ABV. And so, um, so we'll use that uh, something called a still to do that. And so the main point of that is, I don't know how technically you want me to get, but the, the point of that, the idea is that there's an evaporation point for water and evaporation point for alcohol, and they're two different things. So um, the evaporation point for alcohol is a little bit lower than water. So you want to heat it up just enough to uh, turn the alcohol into gas, vaporize it, I guess you can call nice. it. But <laughs> Man, too bad Tim, Tim is not here with us. He's douching it away and set. Well, filming can, all weekend he can, he can listen because it's he likes recorded. to drink mm-hmm. and we're enjoying this uh fresh stuff <laughs> we love you tim but what the fuck man <laughs> we'll, we'll play D yeah, with them we'll sometimes sure. okay well, well zach will come back <laughs> yeah. and we, we'll, we'll hang out again yeah because we need you for dnd we're gonna throw a campaign where we have to like you know make uh, some kind of liquor Mm-hmm. The whole mission is to make liquor to to please the some kind of monster or something yeah. to get out of a cave or something. Yeah, we're in debt to this monster or something. Exactly. Yeah, so you'll be leading off. that campaign, man. I mean, that's what do you call it? That adventure, particular adventure. See, I think yesterday we're at the party and we were talking about the, what's the difference between a, a you know a thirty bucks vodka and two hundred bucks vodka or five hundred <laughs> bucks vodka or a thousand dollar vodka. So. What's the difference? <laughs> well, I'm, and how can we cheat our way out of I, it? I'm surprised by the amount of necessary integrity and unnecessary BS in in the industry. <laughs> Sit, uh, um, tell us the truth, man. Come on, so, that's why you're here. Well, okay, I so, want to know. Well, I mean, a lot of it depends on how you taste, but some people will put the cart before the horse. You know, they're like, "Oh, it's very expensive, so it must be good." You know, so it's or you know, it's really it's a mental thing. It, yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, it's just how it tastes or whatever. And um, those those two hundred dollar bottles, it's like how long have they been on the shelf? You know, like no nobody gets those really? really. You know, yeah. Well, that's another thing. It's like it's very expensive. It's been on the shelf for a longer amount of time, right? And so what it's like, shelf? Like the store the, shelf? Yeah, the or liquor store shelf the, or whatever. The store shelf. Yeah. So it's like sometimes age helps, and it's like bragging rights, but other times. Um, but what's the nerd technical difference between like you know? chemically speaking whatever when 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 you have like a ten dollar so, vodka sitting in front of you what happens <laughs> to it in the making versus mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. 300 bucks vodka you know what's what's going on so um i i can talk about the harshness for a bit so the vodka's you know really harsh drink or whatever but um 
one of the big advantages of it is it's really good bang for your buck. Like the the alcohol content in one of these, even like a 750 milliliter bottle of uh, vodka is so much more than like a six pack of beer, you know, has just by volume of vodka or so. Or you can do the math there, but, you know, they're legally required to put the ABV on there. So you can actually figure it out, backwardly figure out the volume of vodka that you're getting. But anyways, as far as the, to answer your question, um, as far as the, the more expensive vodka goes, um, you can get kind of unique in a few different ways. Um, because you have to start with a grain to begin with, you can pick the grain that you choose. Um, so you can make alcohol out of like potatoes if you need to. Um, and just that's what the like, Russians did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they they had to, right, or something like that. But um, anyways, the um, common man food turned into an expensive <laughs> fancy drink. What the yeah. fuck? Well, there's a lot of work and energy put into put into um, distillations, at least, because it's you know it's its own fire or whatever. You got to put so much wood, I guess. There, I'm guessing they were using wood or something like that. Yeah, but back um, in the days. Yeah, yeah, but um. So you can pick the the type of grain may give some value to it. The one we're drinking right now is a, is a corn based uh, distillate. Right. Yeah, yeah. So some of the sweetness may have gotten through, and that that may help some with the harshness. But that's good. And then there's there's the harshness overall, which is I mean the main thing is the proof. It's like how much um, ABV is it? Um, so What's a lot ABV? of ABV. So alcohol by volume. Uh-huh. Um, so you just if you want to go from proof to ABV or proof to proof to ABV or ABV proof, they're just um, uh, if you divide the proof by half, you get ABV. And I All try to right. think of it that way from a process perspective because we're thinking about volumes and we're trying to watch scales and weights the whole time. So it's easier for me to mentally think about a volume. So, Got it. But the, the origin of that is kind of interesting. I, I was told this by someone else, but I guess I'll try to do it. But So anyways, sailors like to drink, right? And so you'll be at a bar at some you know town that you're not going to be back to for like two years or whatever. You know, you're not going to be back in that same area, yeah. you know, the world or something. So they want to know that they're getting their best bang for their buck Hells yeah. or whatever. So they have to prove that there's alcohol in it because there's a big thing. One of the reasons why there's seals on these things is because people open them up, drink some, and then they put water back into it. Oh, shit. And with vodka, you could tell that pretty easily because, or you couldn't tell if someone did that very easily because it's all clear. Um, yeah, it looks like water. Right, right. And distillate, a lot of distillate, just if you're doing it right, it should look like water. Um, whiskey gets, you know, it's, um, brownish coloring from, from the barrel. Um, you know, and so, um, so anyways, the, they wanted to be able to prove that this, this actually has alcohol in it. So that's, I, I think they had other ways of doing it. Some, there's, you know, legends about that, about, you know, people just setting some of it on fire to see if it was, you know. Wow. How flammable was how flammable like, it? Is. They were they had better methods, I think. So, wait, but nothing so you comes said to whiskey mind. gets the color from the barrel. That's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. I as did long, not know that. Well, they could they could add stuff in there too, um, depending on the so manufacturer. What, but so it vodka should come doesn't from the sit barrel. in barrels, does it? No, no. So that's um, it's it's much faster to make vodka than um, whiskey because whiskey. whiskey has to age for years in a barrel. That, um, okay, that's why it gets but, tinted with the color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it it also gets it picks up sugars from the. Um, uh, the um, the sides of the inside of the barrel yeah. and um, other other chemicals that can give it you know a unique flavor. So but, so uh-huh. as you explained it to us yesterday, we were hypothesizing that if that's the case, I can buy a thirty bucks vodka and put it through the process longer. What do you call it? <laughs> uh, 
distillation uh-huh. or whatever yeah, and then could. turn it into a finer vodka and then sell it for 500 bucks <laughs> you could you could um you know, you know promote it as like this oh. unique stand or whatever like this most mm-hmm. badass vodka that have been you know buried in the fucking ground for 500 years by yeah. yeah. 1.6 billion dollar <laughs> bottle <laughs> yeah but I, I mean i really challenge buying you know very expensive liquor until you know like you it's it one of the good things about bars is they can you can sample things without having to commit you know as much to like a whole bottle or something like that and so that's that's one cool reason is like before you're thinking about buying a very expensive bottle just buy an expensive shot of the bar and you can you know you can see if it tastes the way that you want something to taste you know well at the end of the day for me it's like you know i'm not a big fan of harsh strong drinks Mm -hmm. i like delicious mixes yeah 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 i don't drink stuff straight up Mm mm-hmm so you? if it has alcohol, if I can mix it, I don't think it makes a big difference to me. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, so I give two shits about a <laughs> 500 bucks bottle of whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a 30 bucks will do the same <laughs> job because I'm going to mix it and make a delicious drink. Right. So I guess it's the people who drink straight up. Mm-hmm. The This stuff will make a difference to them that they want to know what they're tasting. Mm-hmm. There's, there's also um, some of the manufacturing process goes into like the bottle itself you know like the marketing stuff and so it's kind of weird how how different things can work i i mean i work on the line sometimes so most of the time i'm on the line there's there's all kinds of different ways to you know i guess i can i i'm gonna try to do this but i'm gonna not risk it so that that was a court you can hear that yeah so that was um that's good (laughs) so that's that's a cork um a tea cork and that's a really common way to um, seal up stuff, but they've also got um, the twist, the twist on tops for a lot of vodka, and it was yeah. kind of funny. One, I'm more, I'm more like when I walk into liquor stores, I'm more fascinated with the bottles. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. literally purchased bottles of whatever drinks I discovered based on <laughs> the bottle looks so cool, man. <laughs> it would look nice in the bar, and I just buy it. Mm-hmm. Me, most of the time, I'm not like a connoisseur. I don't know stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, it tastes good. I mix it with something, and boom, I'm good to go. But the bottles always like tell a story. It's like, oh, this bottle is cool. <laughs> you know, there's one bottle of vodka that I have yet to purchase. It, uh-huh. it was like an alien head. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw that one. No, no. Yeah, I wanted it so bad, and I was like, you know, because <laughs> when it, when it empties, you, you can still decorate with it. You mm-hmm. know, it will look cool on the shelf. And it was green, tinted okay. green. Huh. I think it was vodka. Yeah, I uh, I'm impressed with the skull jars. Uh, I have they the skull sell, yeah, bottle yeah. one. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, love that one. Ones that are shaped like a skull. That's really yeah, it's difficult literally a to big do. skull like mm-hmm. that. It was cool. And that's the, I think it's the same makers. They made the <laughs> alien head, which is the same size <laughs> as the skull. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Get another Set drink. And we're gonna by the end of this, we're gonna test the strength of your vodka that you brought to us. Oh yeah. Okay. We'll see, as we drink, we'll set it on fire. We see how fucked up we get. And how we spiral out into a conversation about whatever the fuck. Well, we we do it at at the in the business. We we do it. We have to take the proof all the time. And so we have a, we have a dedicated machine. Get, it's a German machine, and it's it's, it's, de- ooh, it's dedicated nice. to making sure that the proof is very exact. Because it's actually the industry is so heavily regulated. It's like we have to get we have to get the Germans proof are exactly. good about being exact. <laughs> so if it's well, a German machine. Uh, I as, can trust your numbers. As long as they print the manual in English and German, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. Okay with it. But you know, Germans are really good at English. I don't know if that's racist to say do you or get not, to but test, they're usually pretty good. Do you get to it. test stuff at work? 
Uh, yes, we have to. We have to do a lot of things to taste. No, I'm talking um, about tasting. Yeah, yeah. Right? We 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 do certain things to taste to make sure that. Yeah, um, man, I love your job. Man. Well, <laughs> it's. I mean, it is like you have to be really careful and like make sure. I like you don't want to. You have to have eaten food first, you know, because it's like you may have to do way more samples than you want. I'm more of a beer guy myself, so it's actually. Helps me be a little bit more objective. And do like you guys make beer? Vodka and whiskey stuff. No, no, we don't. Just we don't. whiskey um, and vodka? Yeah, just whiskey and vodka for right now. For right okay. now. But um, uh, I still, I've, I've talked with a lot of brewers, you know, just in, in general. You've, you've, we, I've had to. And uh, um, I, I get to pick up a few things from them, but I don't know everything. Dang. But uh, the reason why I brought up the tops is kind of funny because um, there's that cork, you know, that'll pop off in the twist top. And uh, one company went from the twist offs to the corks because it looked better on the shelf or whatever. Oh yeah. But this one the guy cork always look legit. <laughs> you know, it's an old fashioned <laughs> style of closing bottles since wine and all that. Uh-huh. When something has a cork, it just has a different feeling. Yeah. I feel like, oh, it has a cork. <laughs> so it must be legit. You know, because it's you know it's skilled to how to cork a bottle. Yeah. I don't know how they do it, but it looks difficult versus a <laughs> twist shit. The the T corks, they just have a machine that'll press down on the top. So you have a person or a machine put the yeah. put the T cork kind of mostly in there and then the the press will push down on it either nice. way. Um, the interesting thing with that press is that if you have a weak bottle or a glass defect, the the glass will just shatter with oh, vodka if it's, if it's too bad. And that can it's extremely rare, but it can still happen if you go through enough if you've been bottling enough vodka. And that's so that's kind of funny. There's there's uh, things that can just explode on the line, but um, round uh, two. The story, yeah, round two. The story that I uh, about that company changing their tops. Um, this guy said that the corks were too loud, so apparently he had been having his midnight, you know, his nightcaps um, quietly in a in a room, like when his wife was sleeping, and um, when he when he did the corks, she was waking up because oh. she could hear the pop. Or whatever. <laughs> and he was like, this is an acceptable change in your furniture. Whatever. Not but good. Well, he was using the twist off before and he could always slowly twist it off and no one would ever hear him going for his uh, nightcap. Um. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Don't wake up the wife with the cork and stuff. Just, God damn it. I always love that story. I don't know why, but it's just. You it can is. just see someone, these little niche use cases for everything. Oh, so. yeah. So in Dallas here mm-hmm. an inspiration by the bottle you brought mm-hmm. okay what's the difference between the hipster vodka and Hip- the regular hipster vodka <laughs> what, what do you mean by hipster like just like branding or like i don't know what no because you know nowadays there's a lot of douchiness you know in the dallas area uh-huh. the hipsterism and all that shit i mean I, and the I, connoisseurs these punks who just like they were born yesterday and now they know all the stuff and these weird like they find the weirdest fucking name and the weirdest uh-huh. fucking labels like and they're like, oh no it's this it's like suddenly i'm being lectured by a douchebag who's like two seconds old and earth well so what's the difference between the I, I'd say most of the difference is marketing. Because you hang out to in that area, honest, yeah, and to, I know you see these uh, <laughs> types. Well, to be perfectly honest, I think the main difference is in marketing. Like um, each, That is right. Well, each I, distiller has, has their see, own. that was a trick question, and you answered it right. It <laughs> okay. is fucking marketing. <laughs> well, okay, so it's like, the, <laughs> well, you got to realize that there are multiple personalities within a company, right? So it's like the marketer is going to try to do good at marketing, and they're going to do their thing distiller is going to be good at distilling and they're going to do theirs it's like if it's a big enough company you know you're going to have those two personalities go for different things but um if you're ever in doubt about a distillery a lot of distilleries that will offer tours 
So you can get a bit more, you know, inside information if you go on a tour or whatever. Um, and those are actually a fun little thing. Do they do I, tours in, uh, um, in here? In my area? secret company, yes. My secret yeah. company does, and I'm sure others do as well. Um, it's oh, pretty common. So, so, okay, you're going to give us a tour. I'm going to hold you up on that. <laughs> so you're going to give us a tour. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, me and Tim, we're gonna come and we're gonna come prepared. We're gonna eat. And we're gonna come okay. and sample the shit out of your uh, catalog. Oh yeah, there's samples at the end of the tours. That's that's very common as well. So um, yeah, yeah, it's um, pretty cool. Pretty One cool. of the best tours I took with my wife. We went to France. Mm -hmm. We went to Champagne country. Oh, okay. And we went to uh, one of those old Champagne. Uh, makers whatever you call it mm -hmm. uh, winery or something like that yeah yeah they don't fuck around by the time we got out we were hammered mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean their their way of sampling it's like what the average person here can call drinking they weren't spitting it out they were just you know no one, one it's the amount another, of stuff yeah. they offer you they take mm -hmm. you to the cellar they get through the whole place and mm -hmm. show these barrels mm -hmm. of shit aging there for years and it's quality champagne i yeah. hated champagne when mm -hmm. i went there I realized I was drinking the wrong champagne. <laughs> I mean, this is champagne country. They know how to make it. It's delicious. People there use it during meals and stuff. It's like their average drink. <laughs> I opened my eyes, so a whole new thing. <laughs> but when you go to the sample room and they're giving you stuff, they give you four glasses. <laughs> Good. They didn't have anything small. <laughs> you know, you think of a sample, they give you like those shots and small. No, they were serving regular fucking glasses. There's pictures I took of my wife was sitting there mm -hmm. with six, seven, eight glasses person each. We were trying to finish them. This is with this color, they're different tastes, and you're drinking them all. And people drink, it was like, what the fuck, man? By the time we were done, we're all red and happy and smiling. We were like <laughs> fucking drunk. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, we weren't friends, so we didn't have to drive. You just walk or right. take a bus. Yeah. But God damn it, man, their, way, their, their idea of sampling is not what you think here. They give you like a little tiny shot shit. Mm -hmm. No, it was full on glass <laughs> and it wasn't plastic. Even the cups all were glass. So it was delicious. <laughs> well, they offer the snacks, the food, you know, they have the cheese and all the spreads. Uh, I was going to ask, did you get some French cheese too? I, I eat that all the time. Even here, I'm always eating. <laughs> I grew up eating that stuff. So I'm kind of like. It's mm -hmm. second nature for me to like, if I see it, I hit it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the tour that I want to go on um, is the, the Guinness tour in Ireland. Mm. That's the one that I want to go to because they give you free beers at the end. And, you know, that one's been around for so many years. It's like they got tons of history. Why don't you do it, man? You don't have kids. It's true. I could just, I could just take a flight. Yeah. Do it now because <laughs> if you have any plans in the future, you're gonna have kids. Yeah, you can kiss yeah. that dream goodbye at least until they, you know, get 18 and stuff. Yeah, one day, unless somehow we miraculously figure a way how to do it. But hit it, yeah, <laughs> just take a fucking, you know, find the time where uh, plane tickets are cheap and you can do that. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. Guinness. That's one beer I never could. I could never get. You used like to. it? You like it? No, it's it's not. I don't like it. I can mm -hmm. drink it. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't click with it. I don't. It was hard for me in the beginning to like it, mm -hmm. but now it's like I understand it. It's just it's not my go-to beer. What What is your go-to beer? What kind of beers do you like? I like German beers. Okay. You know. All right. I like beer that you know the Germans they make a lot. There's this German restaurant here we go to. And by God, they know how to make beer. They're delicious. Mm -hmm. I like delicious stuff. Obviously, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> if you hang with me, it's like I don't like to drink things that are like too hard burning and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like wine, you know, anything with alcohol has to be delicious. Beer, yeah. German beers, they have in you know, all these different flavors. Yeah. They're all like delicious mm -hmm. and they have nice alcohol content. Mm -hmm. They don't have like, you know, the fucking Bud Light or whatever this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. water they sell us here in bottles. So we used to go to this, uh, it's called the Bavarian something, it's a restaurant, it's 100% German, man. They serve you beer. Mm -hmm. Their glasses are not small, they're huge. Mm -hmm. And I can never finish three beers. One, two, mm -hmm. by the third one, I'm like buzzed. I'm yeah. like drunk. Yeah. That's how strong they are and that's how delicious they are. So that's, cool. that's the kind of stuff I like, you know. It, it, it gets the job done uh, and it tastes good and... I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up this one beer that I was trying to. Uh, this guy. Um, I like 1664 French <laughs> beer, I think, or German beer. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's called 1664 or 1667. It's a, it's a popular beer. So I uh, I got to know some of these brewers, and sometimes they'll do test brews. You know, they won't actually you know sell it or anything, but they they they'll do test brews just to look at tastes. And um, one sampling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they just want to get their. Um, they want to mess around with a few things, and I had a um, I had a chocolate bock. Um, chocolate bock. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Well, it's like so. Ooh, I, I can I, get in I'm, on that. I'm not a beer guy, but I think Sam Adams had one, and there's there's a special kind of, I don't know if it's like a, a hop, a malt or a yeast or something, but it's it's actually called chocolate bock. I, I don't know. I'm not a brewer. That's but good. Anyways, what? but it's called chocolate bock, and they just throw it in there, and it tastes great. What's you know what <laughs> says you're here? What's I I'm not a connoisseur by any stretch but mm -hmm. you know i just like to sample things but mm -hmm. what's the difference between hops ale uh beer it's like all these names mm -hmm. i still don't connect what i, I just know beer mm -hmm. well what's what's all these names mean so um what's the difference so if, if you have a hoppy beer it's usually it usually has some kind of bitterness in it i think an india pale ale is probably the biggest example where it's just super bitter and um that's usually because they use hops or a certain kind of hops because that's the taste that they're going for um on the well i had i had problems with some beers and they just like never tasted good to me but i realized later on oh i'm drinking the bitter beers that's what i'm doing whether i know it or not they're using hops that but there's also you can use some combination of hops and malt and i think you can also get away with just malt um for some beers what's a malt um i have no idea but Do it's you know uh, it's sweeter is? tasting it's sweeter tasting uh, what's an <laughs> ale so, um, I, I, I'm not a beer guy. I, no. I, I like consuming it, but part of me just wants to stay away from that yeah, side of the industry that, and never thing, know. Because all, <laughs> this, enjoy the, all this stuff became so more prominent with the whole douchebag hipster shit lifestyle. It's like, oh, ale, mm -hmm. this. And I was like, dude, it's fucking beer, man. Yeah. Just give me one name so I can call it. So when I go to a bar, I just want to give me a fucking beer. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get too technical about mm -hmm. shit. I'm trying to enjoy myself. Yeah, not... Not you know, all. What are we doing here? Like a competition? Who knows the most? <laughs> but, yeah. Well, it's like, how does it taste to you? That's the most yeah, important that's it. thing. That's, that's all the I most care. Important Do thing. I like it? It's good. Now mm -hmm. I'm having a good time. It's all about chilling with friends and having some, uh, what do you call it? Lubrication. That's it. So, uh, yeah. So once I, once I learned that, you know, hops are more, more bittery or whatever, and, you know, malts are usually on the sweeter side, then I got into more malty beers. Um, and um, I went, got into sour beers, too, because those are pretty sweet. And I think I was trying to research. Sour beers are sweet. Well, yeah. I mean, the sourness is. Um, Interesting. I think that's related to. Um, 
Yeah, they've got some kind of sugar in them. I, I don't know exactly the whole process, but I think I asked a brewer this once because I was, you know, still trying to learn about things. But um, and he was uh, and I was just trying to check with him. I was like, I think some of the first beers were sour beers. They just got kind of they were storing some grain. It got wet and <laughs> some chemical reactions happened that they may or may not have intended. And alcohol has a weird long history with the human race. It's it's just very strange because. We've needed it for you know, they, things you, other than having fun. You, you, know? you know, they have actually like fucking beer recipes that goes all the way back to like ancient Egypt and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they found, you know, documentations of them. You know, they kept record of shit. It's mm-hmm. like a list and they have a recipe written down of their beers they consumed regularly. Mm-hmm. And some dude actually or some, I don't know who did it. Mm-hmm. They, they took the recipe and followed it exactly as is mm-hmm. and they made the fucking beer. Uh, one, I was like, holy shit, that's like <laughs> 7,000 years ago or some crap. That, holy crap. Yeah. A lot yeah, of, they beat us to the punch, so whatever. A lot of beers. You can make whatever you want right now. You're not as cool as a regular, like, ancient Egyptian guy <laughs> wow. just making that shit. A lot of the, a lot of the beers, though, there, there's a boil process. So a lot of people didn't know to boil water for, like, safety reasons or, like, to avoid, you know, getting bacteria in there. Yeah, it's so the best it was, way to kill things. It, Alcohol can dehydrate you, but if it's a beer with a lower enough ABV, I'm, I'm guessing that it's actually a, a clean drinking water source um, oh, yeah. comparatively. And so I, I was like, in, that was very in strange. Europe in the Middle Ages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They drank a lot of wines and beers and stuff because it was the safest to drink. Right. Because they didn't, you know, they didn't know bacteria. They didn't have technology. Right. All they knew is like, you drink water, you get sick. Mm-hmm. You drink this shit, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it has alcohol in it. So they consumed mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff that kept them a little bit safe, which is kind of smart, you know. Based on observation, they made the conclusion, <laughs> let's do this and not do that. Sometimes. Imagine in a world back then, they didn't invent things with alcohol. They will all be drinking water. They have no mm-hmm. choice. You get thirsty and then mm-hmm. the, the human race will cease to exist <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like the Middle Ages. I don't know. I like talking about that. Um, they, uh, did you go to a Renaissance? I, I, I've been to multiple Ren fairs. Did, did you go one to down the, what do you call it, the Scarborough? Scarborough, yeah. yeah I've been to we, that one once. I went, uh, we took uh, Juliana, my daughter, mm-hmm. when she was two years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was way in the cave. I bought a, uh, what do you call it, a kilt from yeah, there. I yeah. have one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that place. <laughs> it's fun. It's like you get to geek out. And they put on some shows, you know, you get to ride some weird animals like elephants right. and stuff. It was good times. But, uh, my uh, my girlfriend and I went there once, uh, real real early in the in the day. Like we tried to spend as much of the day there as we oh, could, yeah. which may not be the best thing. I think I'd rather have gone in the afternoon. But anyways, you showed up there very early in the morning. And there was a really old guy there. It was like really like just big, massive, giant, like gray beard. He could have dressed up as a wizard. Like yeah. he could have totally <laughs> done that and pulled it off. But like he he just had this small machine, this wood turning machine. And it was just, you know, you get a block of wood and through, you know, this uh, movable, movable cutting tool, you would just turn the wood, you know. Um, very quickly in a circular motion and you would get this scalpel or what uh, this kind of you know cutting blade or whatever near it and it would slowly you know shave off the wood as you as you turned the wood and it, w- it was a really dangerous uh, device to operate but it was <laughs> it was really cool because um i don't know because it's like that's how they made wooden cups you know back oh, in the yeah. day or whatever and the, the, one of the know. fun the, the events when there was like this bar it's like an out, it's like old school medieval bar right there, you know, mm-hmm. you're sitting in the porch with wood. 
and they have like this guy is like a poet mm-hmm. and he's making life poetry there you know kind of mm-hmm. including it was this guy was so genius and talented like he speaks all the english and he rhymes with these things and mm-hmm. comedy and his attitude the way he performed mm-hmm. and he include like you know includes people and it's like you randomly say something and he he manipulated the crowd well, you know, with the, with, with the verses and stuff. It was a, a poetry kind of, mm-hmm. you know, he was like saying poetry, like back in the days, you know, when they just like chant stuff and talk and entertain themselves in bars. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a legit, like, mm-hmm. let's hang out. There's only people and you have only words. And he's like putting out a show is good. Did you see the guy at the entrance, the big? I don't think so. I don't think so. What was he doing? I think after uh, one year, that year we went, they had this guy. Mm-hmm. who stands as soon as you walk in, you know, you get your ticket and you walk in. Mm-hmm. This big burly guy is like a bodybuilder and he's dressed like a character from D&D, like a fighter. He has like big ass sword. Mm-hmm. He looked legit from a fucking movie <laughs> set, man. That guy did not look like he was dressed in costume. Mm-hmm. He looked like someone took a time machine, went to those times or whatever, fantasy times, grabbed him mm-hmm. and put him right there. He was like so authentic. It was fun. It's like you walk in, it's scary. And also you think when yeah. you're making a character in D&D, that's what you think of, of making like a fighter or a yeah. barbarian. Yeah. But he was awesome. We tried to we tried to take our daughter. She saw him. She was like scared. We took a picture with him. Yeah. It was fun, man. That guy's like, <laughs> the first thing you see as soon as you walk in, he's standing there with the sword. Mm-hmm. His sword's big standing. I was like, man, that's it. It's like <laughs> you crossed over to yeah. the fantasy world. It's yeah. leave everything behind you, man. <laughs> that was the shit. We're going to try and go... Again, take my son there and see what he, well, how he will react. I don't, the first Ren Fair that I went to, it was really strange. Um, but I guess, I guess all you know, every first Ren Fair that you go to is super strange. But I think they had a bit more than the Scarborough Fair. But they, they, um, it was. It depends what it kind was, of strange. Yeah, it, it was in Wisconsin. I think it was a massive one in Wisconsin. Oh, and um, okay, that's fancier. Like, well, it's just like it's like dedicated structures. Like they just do this once a year, and this is their thing. You know, they're, they're going to do it on that piece of land. But it was just this. You know, it was basically like farmland that just been you know repurposed or whatever. So it's just massive parking lot or whatever. Almost everybody's dressing up as something. Almost everybody. I'm a kid, so I'm like wow. I'm not doing anything. But like almost everybody's dressing up as something. You're just like wow. And, um, like most people would just do the, if you really need to make a Ren Faire costume really quick, you can just get a cloak and a, you know, a, a rope and you're a monk, you know, very yeah. quickly, you know, it's very, you know, easy to do that one. And so that's what I'd probably do if I was in a pinch later on. But anyways, we get there and there's all these kinds of weird games. Like, um, they had actual crossbows there that you could fire and they were like, they were mounted to the, to the board underneath them so you couldn't move them around more than like 30 degrees one way or another but it's like you could actually fire a legit crossbow which nice. was just that was that was a fun thing straight out of target Oof. yeah and another thing that they had was um they had um this fencing i don't know if it was like it was some combination between like fencing and medieval night where you actually got to put on metal armor and try Ooh. to fight it and so i went up against my dad um <laughs> and what what they did was they would attach balloons onto the top of your your metal helmet yeah and so your whole goal was to hit the the other guy's balloons yeah and it it was interesting because you could you know kind of like block you know somebody's attack or whatever and it was you know above everyone's heads it was a really safe like idea just about fighting or whatever yeah on on the scarborough they had like a Mm -hmm. fighting rings for kids Mm -hmm. for anyone i think even for adults Mm -hmm. you get in they give you a shield and like a foamy sword Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's like a sword uh, I think it's like a piece of wood, but it's like 
surrounded with foam so it has like a certain level of sturdiness right and you just go in there and bash it out man it's right. hilarious <laughs> put like a helmet on and it was awesome it's like who scores the most points is like how you get it yeah that shit was fun <laughs> the i don't know how they scored the balloons at all but anyways i was, I was you losing it you win that's pretty much it right and they so we got like three rounds or whatever and so my dad won the first two rounds he's a major height advantage over me at that time you know and it's yeah. it's just not fair for the little kid i can't get I'm a high enough yeah. <laughs> yeah and the balloons on his head so it's you know it's but um that's not um, fair well anyways uh <laughs> one one of the volunteers there one of the workers there he was he was frustrated by frustrated by it too so he just like he he i was really good at following instructions back then and i <laughs> he, he go he takes me aside for like five seconds he's like okay I'm going to try to have you give you a better form, a better attack. And he tells me how to flick my wrist right and how to like, you're doing too much. I was doing too much with my forearm or my, you know, upper arm. You know, I need to do more with my wrist or whatever because they were like fencing um, swords or whatever. Well, yeah, swords, it's all about the wrist. Right. And so and so I go for my dad's thing and I try to do exactly what he says. And I go and I go in this. um, I start up high and I go downward towards my dad's, you know. I'm, I'm going upward the whole time because he's taller than me, but I'm doing this downward slice or whatever. My dad parries. He put, he, it's a good parry and it's decent or whatever, but I get through and I hit his, hit his balloon or whatever. And then, you know, the guy, the instructor guy and I just look at each other just like, yeah, this is, a, this actually can take some skill. If, if you have enough skill, you can still yeah. beat larger it's, opponents it's, and stuff. It, well, the skill comes with practice. You know, the more mm-hmm. you do it, the more comfortable you get to yeah. know how your body moves. And then next thing, you know, you're, you're in charge. I'm, of your movements I, and once you get that mm-hmm. now it's about you start to think how to get the target mm-hmm. yes yeah, the first hurdle you get comfortable with your body and mm-hmm. get the you know the movement the wrist mm-hmm. okay this is what it is this is what it is and then you start now the next stage is like aiming at the target yeah that's pretty much it i'm i'm glad that we don't do duels anymore like it's just <laughs> like it's just a game you know it's not like real life like there's actually a movie it's about to come <laughs> out uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. It's Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and what's his name? The guy from uh, Star Wars who played uh, Kylo Ren. Adam Driver. Yeah, Adam, Adam Driver. Driver. Yep. It's called The Last Duel. Oh, Did you okay. see the trailer for it? And think... it's apparently based on a true story. Yeah. And they actually, you know, it's in the medieval time. Mm-hmm. And they actually duel and stuff yeah. in it about like a, it's a, it's a, it's a story about, I guess, one of them, his wife was accused of being unfaithful and she wasn't. She, you know, she's saying she, she was, was yeah, sexually she was, assaulted. Yeah, or whatever. she was a victim. Yeah, yeah. And then they go at it. But it was weird seeing Matt Damon and fucking Ben Affleck in that setting. They're good friends. They're good friends. No, They're but seeing them in a medieval setting, mm-hmm. it was yeah. kind of like weird. And Ben Affleck was playing the king. Mm-hmm. But he looked weird. I was like, he looked <laughs> out of place. I can see him as a king. I don't know. Maybe I got to watch the trailer. No, I, I don't him. know. They looked out of place. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure maybe the movie is awesome. I'm going to watch the movie for sure. But the trailer, you know, the way I saw that quick appearances, they looked out of place, man. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. I'll definitely check it out 100%. It's a a cool story. I think I heard the rumor is was, or if it's true or not, originally the role what Adam Driver is playing Mm -hmm. was offered to Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck turned it down, mm-hmm. I think because it was COVID stuff or whatever, he couldn't. Mm-hmm. So he kind of like backed out. Mm-hmm. And then he came back, says, you know what? I want it. I want in on this. Mm-hmm. By the time he came back, they already yeah. have the role for the other guy. So yeah. uh, Ridley Scott, I think it's a Ridley Scott movie. Ridley Scott says, okay, how about you just be the king? 
And that's how he landed the King role. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. originally he was going to play Adam Driver's role, which will put him and Matt Damon against each other. It's like they were buddies. Now they have mm -hmm. to duel each other. Well, it's, it's weird how many times like um, an actor or an actress will be interviewed for one part, but they'll like, they'll get in the movie, but they'll just be doing a completely different role. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I don't know if you're into Harry Potter or not. Oh yeah, but, dude. Um, so the, I watch all the movies, man. What's up? Like the, the kid who played Draco. Yeah. Was like he, I think he tried to get the Harry Potter role, the title role yep. or whatever. I think that's what he applied yeah, for. Yeah, the main hit. And basically, what they were interviewing him, but they were it was like it was like a line interview where they were just asking kids questions one after the other after the other, and they were all sitting down in chairs or whatever. And so one of the questions was, um, "What was your favorite part of the books? What, what was your favorite thing that you liked or whatever?" He had, the actor hadn't read any of the books at oh. all. He hadn't read any of the books at all. So it's like one of those BS lines where you just gotta you know, try to lie to get, get across Ooh. or whatever. But okay. So basically the kid in front of him is asked the same question. And the kid is very specific about this one part that he really liked. And then this actor or potentially, you know, <laughs> before he's famous or whatever, he, he just is like, uh, they ask him the question. Then he's like, what, what the last kid said or whatever. Oh. And the, the guy asking the question can tell that he's BSing. Yeah. He can tell he's a mischievous kid. And he's like, actually, he can maybe, go on that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we want him as Draco instead of... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other. He fits the douchebag role, well, you know? Well, you don't want to have to have kids act as much as, I don't know. No, yeah. Some kids can act really well, but it's like you don't want to have to do take any well, risks that you don't have in, to. In all honesty, yeah, it's like, dude, casting can make or break a movie. Then you can tell, like, when you watch a movie, but, like, you have to uh, you recognize the true talent of the casting director. Mm -hmm. They pick out. Mm-hmm. You can tell, you know, you watch a movie, you're like, oh my God, it's like the perfect character for every fucking role. The whole thing just flows. And then you can tell when another movie, when things are not in place, you'll be like, ah, I would have given this to this and this to that. Mm -hmm. Casting is a true, that's where your movie, if you land those chips and mm -hmm. where they line up, yeah. I mean, you're, you're in business, <laughs> you know, that shit makes or breaks the movie. I just watch a lot of, I was in a Harry Potter mood sometimes whenever I get sick. And so I'll just like, we watch them or, uh, uh, you know, you watch the behind marathon. the scenes. Well, I'll do behind the scenes stuff too. That's even, some of that is even more cool. No, I, I like to watch the making of, you know, yeah. learn tricks, you know, how they did this, some effects and shit. Yeah. I love that. Once you know how much work they put into stuff. It is. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard work, man. People don't recognize. I mean, you know, I know sometimes movie will suck or not, mm -hmm. but you have to acknowledge this. People worked really hard, you mm -hmm. know. It sucked or they didn't. That's a different topic, but you got to know that these people worked really hard, you know. It's, it's not an easy task. I was uh, I was watching the making of for the first one, and I knew I liked the first one, the first Harry Potter movie, and I was trying to figure out why. You know, like, why did I so much like the first one? Is that It was slightly different ages than me. I think I was a bit older than those characters once I saw the movie or something like that. But um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what's what's good about that first movie in particular, what really made it stand out. And I think one of the things is when I was watching the documentary was um, it was the scenery. They, they wanted to take people into the world, and so they spent extra time on that first one. Yeah. To have very unique, multiple, very, uh, I shouldn't say very unique, but multiple unique sets um, that um, that they could go back to if they needed, um, just different shots. They had to combine different parts of, like, they had they had a real-looking castle for one part, and they, another part they had, like, part of a, a church. 
yeah. for some of the for some of the yeah. scenes, and they just had to they had to film in so many different locations or make oh, yeah. the, make those locations. Yeah, the sets will you know give you the feeling you know it transports you to the world. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're like a set designer and you're told we oh need moving God. staircases, we need moving staircases, yeah. we have to have it to suck them into the How world would you or whatever. Do that? Yeah, right. It's just like oh dear. <laughs> Did oh, have you been to the Harry Potter world? I no, have. have you? you have. Oh okay. my God. Make you know what you're trip. talking about? That experience of moving you into? Yeah. When, yeah. when I Taking went there the, the first time, mm-hmm. I had like a panic attack because I was having so much fun. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like the whole place was a giant movie set. It's like right? the castle. They built the castle on the side of the rock. It looks so real. <laughs> it's in front of you, in your face. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Even inside the library, they have the paintings. And the paintings would move and talk. They pulled off that effect. I'm making another drink. Oh, yeah. Round three. <laughs> hit me. Oh, hit you? Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, I, it's I round guess I three, have, man. I guess I have all the stuff yeah. over on my side. If, I got to share. I got to share. If you okay. go, I go. Okay, all it's right. like... All right, okay. All right. Yeah, but the Harry Potter world, I mean, you got to hand it to Disney. They actually went out. If you ever have a chance, you need to check it out. If you like into the Harry Potter world. Yeah. It was not a joke. It was Mm -hmm. just walking down the street and like, what do you call it? The the Hogwarts town and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's like you're in that world. Talk about medieval times. This was legit. (laughs) It puts any medieval event I went to to shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Like the whole thing. You see the castle. They had that shit built on this. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Disney shit. They have money. You know, it's but a good you movie. go inside, you see the library, mm-hmm. you know, all that inside the school, Hogwarts and stuff. And you're mm-hmm. going up the stairs and you see the paintings, the effect. <laughs> what you saw in the movie, you see in front of you. Mm-hmm. So they would be like, man, making a movie is easy because there was no CGI. If they could do this, because it's real. All you have to do is bust out the camera and start filming. You know, they have them. You're going up the stairs and see the paintings. You know, they yeah. look at you. They <laughs> smile. They laugh. They turn. You know, uh-huh. they do all this shit. Well, that that begs a question, Dean. Um, you know, if you could live forever, but you had to stay inside a painting, would you do it? Fuck no, man. <laughs> I'd do it. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> because you, it's... You're, you're stuck inside a painting. Well, you can, you can see what happens next, you know. Yeah, and then you're just sitting there watching shit. <laughs> watching... Yeah. <laughs> the other paintings, I guess. What are you doing? And then, you know, your, your, your painting will get stolen and then you move from one owner to another and then it ends up in some auction house and then he ends up in some rich dishbag house and then <laughs> ends up in the museum and mm-hmm. then he ends up in this shit. <laughs> and you'd be like the Mona Lisa, you know, have like fucking billions of people just standing there looking at you every day. It's like, what? <laughs> fuck no, man. You what can't you- take a shit. You can't do anything. You can't jerk mm-hmm. off. Yeah, like you're always well, being looked at. You know, it's just two D, two D versions of everything, oh right? God. But yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's like that's like a horrible punishment. <laughs> as long as you could move between paintings of yourself, and you like you had more than two paintings of yourself, unless, I think you could survive. Unless the painting, you have kind of like a a little reality in there. It's like a room like this, mm-hmm. and you get to chill. You know, hang out. You have a fridge. You have some stuff. So you're living inside of like a confined space, but you have kind of a, it's like working from home. Yeah. Right. Except, except with no toilet paper or a finite amount of toilet paper. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to get a painting of myself that has toilet paper right. in it now, just in case. Yeah, that that's, sounds, a, that's a thing. I get yeah, cursed. you got to give me something, man, because this sounds like a fucking punishment. <laughs> Shit. 
live forever, but you're stuck in the painting. God damn it, Zach. <laughs> I'm going to have a nightmare about this later. You know what? Maybe, Next know. time we play D&D, that's going to be, I'm going to make sure Tim gets you stuck in a painting. Well, there, there's like a... someone will throw a spell at your ass, <laughs> yeah. and then you're stuck in the painting the whole game. <laughs> and we have to carry anything. your ass with us escaping and stuff because we have to figure out how to get you out do we forget zach where's zach yeah where where's the, the fuck is zach wait a minute he's next to the fucking fireplace he's gonna have to okay. burn the painting no pick it up pick it up do we want to take the painting through the mysterious forest or should we just ship it to the next town that we're trying to get yeah, to? Have to make sure the painting doesn't get wet doesn't get burned i mean fuck damn it you're like a, you'll become a burden Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then we get in a fight or something it's like one of us has to watch your stupid frame <laughs> no you sure. have to you have to break the spell you have to free me or yeah but like we have to or... get to a safe place to break the spell <laughs> you know it's an adventure so we'll yeah. be carrying your ass all throughout one one big thing about D is like everybody I, I think there's you know sometimes during the campaign it's like they want to do they want to go off and do different things but like the dungeon masters be like, no, we we have to stay together. Like it's like I want you guys to all experience the work that I put into this or whatever. Well, screw you know, that. It's, it's well, weird. You know what? I I like the a little bit edge of realism when I played games. Mm-hmm. In real life, if we're adventuring together, you know, we hang out, we do stuff. But at some point, you know, we're in some uh, town. I want to go to a fucking Seven Eleven. You know, mm-hmm. go do that while you're sitting here doing this. The mm-hmm. other person wants to go to Walmart. That's called real life. There's, We're um, not going to be together mm-hmm. all the fucking time. If, if there's some kind of danger, it's like a lot yeah. of times and then, can, you know, separate. Yeah, and then at the end of the day, like we're roommates. We hang out in the room. Well, okay, we're traveling next day and then we make plans. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain dynamic when the real stuff where people like, you know, spread out, come back together, they move. And you got to allow that kind of realism mm-hmm. into it. Can't just be together all the fucking time. Yeah. It makes the game real. <laughs> yeah, it happened a lot. And um, when I was in college, I used to play this game called Humans vs. Zombies. You ever hear that? No. Okay, so wait, it's a, wait. That sounds a little bit familiar, but I don't know anything about it. It's a giant game of tag, basically. And the zombies are it or whatever. And so a few people at the beginning of the week or whatever, they start out as zombies and they try to tag as many people as they can. Is it a um, computer game? or? Uh, game? No, it's, it's real life. So you're just trying to go in between classes and you'll get tagged by... Um, by people and you'll wear bandanas on a certain part of your body to uh-huh. indicate if you're a zombie or a potential victim of a nice. zombie. You know? That's like full scale game. Yeah, and um the, the humans can defend themselves using like marshmallows or nerf guns or something like that, pool noodles, stuff like that. And um well we would do missions in those games. Um and like I was one of the mods eventually, but like um we would do mi- missions in that game and I was always surprised how quickly people would get separated from each other. Or just decide to split up, and I'm like, no, that, that, right? Well, it was the, it was the worst decision that you could make in the game. Like, if just separating and fragmenting out, because you would always divide your power, whether you were a zombie or a human. If you separated, you would divide your power. But you see, you know? there you go. You just answered the question. That's that's real. That's realistic. Because you played the realistic game that was not on the board. That was yeah. real people. So people will separate. Well, so it's you should leave it up to <laughs> what do you call it? The 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 team of adventurers mm-hmm. to pull themselves back. Yeah. You can't enforce that on them. Well, this is a big Because in a real setting you couldn't. Yeah. Th- right? I mean, well, ideally like like how a military would do it is they'd send scouts out. You know, you have a large group of people and well, you'd send scouts out. Military is different, around. you know, they're professional disciplined people. Ooh. They have yeah. plans. Yeah. They don't fuck around. And it even applies in some games that you know, on the computer where they'll they'll have some version of 
you being able to test out something in the future, like Prince of Persia, where you can reverse time or, you know, some assistant person who's going to look up ahead of you or tell you which direction to go. You know, they're, yeah. they're trying to make it so that you can't get separated or confused. Um, or like World of Warcraft. Yeah. You played World of Warcraft? Um, no, I didn't. I never played that. I never well, played that's WoW. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You should try it. But World of Warcraft is the same thing. You know, it's like online, but you have your own character. You can hang out together, mm -hmm. but there's nothing stopping you from like just teleporting or just walking away <laughs> yeah. while the, you're in some town, you know, yeah. when there's nothing happening. But like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. up to people to agree among themselves. Okay, we got to move, guys. Let's get right. together and we got to go to the next because, you know, there's a quest or something and, you know, there's a map and you're just walking. It's literally virtual and you're walking, you know. Yeah. So it is exactly the same game you're talking about, but just online. Mm -hmm. So you have to let the team develop that kind of a level of communication and they have to figure out or they have to learn the hard way. You do this, you get fucked and boom, you have to come back, make a new character, do all this mm -hmm. shit. But you can't enforce non-realistic settings yeah, yeah i think it's just kind of like at least for me i'm just speaking for myself i like mm -hmm. to be in a realistic settings i i think you're uh, independent minded and that's yeah. uh well that's no that that comes into play during things but it's it also like it's fun to, to watch things unfold realistically you know yeah. it's you know you, well, you can't beat that you can't write you cannot sit or write that stuff it just happens yeah, yeah. you know my brother oh i could tell you this about this so my brother tried to do a D and D style thing with my sister and I, my yeah. younger sister and I, and um, it was kind of funny because he had a really well planned out campaign for us, and we did not want to follow the campaign. <laughs> he never DM'd for us again, by the way, because of, because of this assholes, event. Man, I'm <laughs> out. Right, right. So it's like you got to treat your DM right. I think Tim might agree with me about the whole trying to stay as a group thing, but um, oh, we'll Tim, talk. dude, you should. We'll talk about it. We'll talk if, about it later. If, if you heard, if you heard yeah. that first episode, with I, it, I did. I did. You told me you watched did? it. and listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, well, I'm not a savvy <laughs> or yeah, RPG yeah. players. As it's soon as just... you start playing, I started making shit up, and then after recording, we're like, dude. I'm the GM. And he was laughing. He was like, you were you were actually started dictating stuff in the game. I'm the one who's supposed to tell you. I was like, dude, you didn't say anything. And I just kept oh, going. Well, yeah. I decided that I'm going to a room and there's something in it. And he was that's, like, that's how a witch appears and yeah. casts a spell on but you. But it was funny, you know, you because kind of we did it on yeah. purpose like that. So. Right, right. Well, you got to test yeah, the water. So I kind of like ruined his plans. Now he has to work around and make up some stuff. So it's completely unpredictable. Yeah, um. so 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 those actions, it was funny because, mm -hmm. you know, now it's like I put Tim in difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Now he has to rework his story. Right, right. Which was the point yeah. of the whole thing is us messing around, uh -huh. uh, a.k.a. we're playing with a kit, yeah. the starter yeah. kit. And mm -hmm. uh, next thing you know, we're just swinging it. We're like literally winging it as we go. So Because Tim is like the mm -hmm. only one who has a little bit of knowledge and yeah. the rest yeah. of us don't know shit. <laughs> And well, then his girlfriend hop right back in. She's going to be on okay. the second episode. Okay, We cool. just throw her in there. <laughs> and we made up how she showed up. It was hilarious. It's like we're, we're forcing a character in. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So we forced her into no, the story. Yeah, that's and what you're supposed to do. Dude, she just took over, man. It was hilarious. It worked. Um, so, yeah. So my brother tried to do that with us. And we, like he gave us, he made, it's so easy to make little campaign mistakes. So the, uh, we talked about getting separated or whatever. He He gave us a lot of ability to choose our own characters and so my sister chose like a stegosaurus God. was going to be your wow. character she's a strong personality <laughs> she likes stegosaurus. Right. 
and I decided to be an octopus. Now, <laughs> octopus or squid, giant octopus, giant squid, or whatever. So those live in the ocean, and stegosauruses live on land. So yeah, we so already we, we already created a problem for my yeah, brother, the DM. That's but, a huge fucking problem. Oh, How elder, are you gonna walk on Earth? My my elder brother's pretty creative, so it's like okay, well we're on the coastline, so we can actually still interact oh, with shit. it, and we find a blacksmith. He'll build you a cage. Yeah, he built me a steel. He built the octopus like the steel suit, and then he's um he's like, okay, well now I have to pay the blacksmith. And we look in our inventory, we don't have any money in our inventory. Yeah, go work. <laughs> so, now you have to work for it. So, um. So, anyways, my sister asked the question: How close is the blacksmith's head to like my carriage for the oh, stegosaurus? <laughs> and then what she does is she bites off the blacksmith's God, head. God damn it. And so we make well, we make a second mistake. Uh, that well, we tried to do. We made the separation mistake, and we made a second mistake in the D and D thing, where we became murder hobos. We um, we just went around town oh, to town, yeah. just killing people randomly. It's it's a whole theme in D and D, where you just become murder. But so we did that. We arrived to that conclusion independently of you know a lot of things. But anyways, um, we weren't really rolling. It wasn't really pure D and D, but it's still funny. But anyways, so then you see the blacksmith's corpse on the ground. And I lay my eggs into, into them. <laughs> All right. And we get into this weird, um, you know, a complimentary relationship, the stegosaurus and the giant squid. <laughs> we just stegosaurus and the giant squid. Stegosaurus just. <laughs> Taking a shit in the form of a bunch of eggs. My brother would quickly make up these advanced characters that he did not want us to kill. <laughs> Damn. And she would still bite off their heads and I would still lay my Damn, that's like an awful combination. Of <laughs> it was, yes, it was very gross and sick. Yeah. We, we did this on like a Christmas break or something. We were supposed to be in good spirits or whatever, but it was so silly. Yeah, we, that doesn't sound Christmassy we, at we all. Were, we were laughing so much, we started crying just because it was so gross. And, but, but you know what? That's the purpose of the game. It's fun. You had a good time, right? Yeah, Same yeah. thing when we played. You know, we fucked up a lot of shit, but it was a cool storytelling moment. Yeah. We had a good time. I want to hear the second one. I want to hear the second yeah. podcast, all right? And we just we just laughed. It was fun, man. It was mm -hmm. literally one of the funnest game I played. Yeah, because it was so random, impromptu. We were just mm -hmm. right on the moment. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> I wouldn't play it any other way. Mm -hmm. You know, right. I just I'm not one of those people who play serious or like you know. Mm -hmm. And I uh, my approach to games is the same, like board games, you know, war gaming or mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, so it's fun. I don't expect to survive or whatever. I just I'm in for the thrill. Mm -hmm. Anyways, if if I do D and D with you guys, I'm gonna try to not be a be a murder hobo anymore. I'm gonna try to change my ways. I'm gonna keep yeah, my. I, I'll keep my. The eggs only thing I ask is like, no fucking octopus. We can't. Walk, we can't hang out by oh. the ocean. <laughs> I'll keep my eggs to myself, yeah. and I won't be an octopus. Be something else that walks on land, <laughs> okay. man. All right. Or I'm gonna murder you, like first round, roll D20. I'm just gonna just stab you, and you make another. I character. accept those terms. I accept those terms. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> randomly revise the characters. I mean, give so me something swim. to work with, you know, yeah. so we can walk. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> swim. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get into D and D shit? We we're talking about <laughs> distillery and stuff. All right. I want to play D and D with you guys. That's why. <laughs> Okay, I, I give your vodka, you know, a <laughs> thumbs up. Oh, thank you. It's a D and D drink. Thank you, sir. Yeah, definitely. We're gonna hit that shit. Said <laughs> uh, Zach Lepat, and we will see you next time when we D and D that crap out of this. All right. So this whole episode was just to introduce a new character. Okay. It was a decoy. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Okay. And also we learn about some alcohol stuff. <laughs> Good times. Mm-hmm.